We have one mission at the program. Develop better leaders and create more cohesive teams. Let's go, man. It's a race. Welcome to the program podcast. The program is a team building and leadership development company that works with more than 160 collegiate and professional athletic teams and corporations throughout North America annually. And I'm Eric Kapitulik, the founder and CEO of it. The program believes that individual talent affords us the opportunity to do well in life. Individuals and individual talent allows us to win games. But great teams compete for championships on whatever our chosen battlefield may be. And great teams, great families, great schools, great athletic organizations, great bands, great theater groups, great military units, great corporations, great teams are comprised of great teammates and great team leaders. Joining me today on the program podcast to help us become great teammates and great team leaders is Major General Frank Donovan, Commanding General of the 2nd Marine Division. An infantry and reconnaissance officer, Major General Donovan has led Marines and sailors in all three operational Marine Expeditionary Forces to include commanding a force reconnaissance platoon battalion landing team, a Marine Expeditionary Unit, and a Marine Expeditionary Brigade. He has served in combat, contingency, and expeditionary operations at sea, from the sea, and ashore. In Southwest Asia, the South Red Sea, Arabian Peninsula, Persian Gulf, Northeast Africa, Central America, the Western Pacific, and the Indian Ocean. Major General Donovan recently completed a two-year assignment as the Assistant Co Commanding General, Joint Special Operations Command, JSOC, where he is responsible for North Korean contingency operations, countering weapons of mass destruction, crisis response, and the command's training and exercise program. Prior to JSOC, Major General Donovan spent two years in the Kingdom of Bahrain, as the Commanding General of Naval Amphibious Forces. He holds a Bachelor's of Arts in Geography from Towson University, a Master of Military Studies from the Marine Corps Command and Staff College, a Master of Strategic Studies from the U.S. Army War College, and completed the Harvard Business School's Advanced Management Program. Major General Donovan and his wife Kim, former Naval officer, have two children. General Donovan, thank you so much for joining me on the program podcast. Eric, thank you for that uh, great introduction and great to see you again, uh, to spend some time with a fellow, uh, you know, reconnaissance Marine, infantry Marine, and just someone I, I hold in the highest regard and uh, really excited to be here today. And thanks for the opportunity to engage the, uh, the program audience and, and congratulations on this incredible, you know, uh, organization you've created. Well, thank you. And, and for our audience's edification, I have known General Donovan for the past 20 years since we served together as Force Reconnaissance Platoon Commanders. At the time, he was a major and I was a captain. He outranked me. And although I can't definitively say it is 
the truth. It is my truth that I have been providing guidance and mentorship to him ever since. And look how it's paid off. <laughs> been joking aside, I, I, I am. I had an opportunity yesterday to speak to former uh, Marine, retired Marine, Master, Sarge, uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant Jamie Slife. And we mm. were both saying, uh, joking aside, we are proud of you. Eric, hey, hey, Eric, thanks. And uh, <laughs> I love the idea that your mentorship has helped me get this far. And uh, I'll have to share that with my wife, Kim, because I think she claims that. And she's probably true. And it's more accurate. But no, it's 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 great to hear a name like Slife, Jamie Slife. And you talking about, you know, real heroes of our core and just hardcore infantry reconnaissance Marines. Uh, it's great to hear that. But again, um, excited about being here today and, uh, and and look forward to the engagement. General Donovan, you know, uh, on that note, um really when i think about my career in the marine corps um and i and i just read all of your accomplishments i mean they're vast and and <laughs> well deserved but ultimately it really comes down to the marines doesn't it you know eric you know we, we were talking about that this morning you know um yeah, as I mentioned, uh, maybe yesterday or today, we, you know, we were looking at new, a new pair of jungle boots and jungle uniforms, you know, for our Marines and sailors. I still think about daily about those Marines and sailors, what they, what we ask them to do as a nation, what we ask them to do as a Marine Corps, what I ask them to do as a second Marine division commanding general. Again, one, how fortunate I am to actually be around them still after, you know, 30, almost 35 years, but be around them, be with them try to keep up with them, but at the same time, then how to train them and, and hold them accountable and provide them the right kit so they can execute, you know, the missions we give them. So it does, and no matter what we talk about in the resume or bio, what charges me every day to jump out of bed is I get to be with the Marines and sailors. And even as a division commander, you know, 15 to 16,000, you know, Marines, you know, I'll go out to the field tonight and watch a company night live fire. I, Watching the Marines in action um, is still what makes this job uh, remarkable, uh, very rewarding, and, and drives me to be a better leader every day. And I think about that. i got to be a better leader just so I can gain and maintain their respect as their leader and also be able to, I might not be the best at everything, you know, uh, back from our force days where we had to be physically fit, shoot, hit, swim, all those things. But I need to be, still be one of the best. So it drives me to be able to perform for them. And so it, it is, that's really what this service is truly all about. General Donovan, you say, uh, going out to watch this uh, uh, live fire, your time just being around Marines, it drives you to, to get better every day. A major general in the Marine Corps saying, I gotta get better as a leader every single day. I mean, that's powerful. Are there, are there specific things that you do as a major general to make yourself better every day? I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you think the, the kind of basic levels of, of requirements, you know, there's a the, the tactical and, and operations of the division to make it an effective war fighting machine, right? Because that's what the division is. We have to execute all the war fighting functions you know, and deploy forces forward. So any given day, we're creating battalion level task forces to go out and deploy on a Marine Expeditionary Unit or on a unit deployment rotation to Okinawa. It is my responsibility and our 
division staff's responsibility to create apex battalion task force that are immediately deployable upon arrival in theater. Okay, so that so to do that, I have to make sure our staff is operating into high levels of efficiency so we can provide our subordinate commands what they need to achieve the level of apex status that, that I, I need them to get to. And so there's there's kind of an organizational requirement I think about, and, and that is, am I a good staff officer? Am I give a good guidance to my team so we can, again, lead block for our units that are trying to achieve the objectives I've given them? So that I think about that all the time. Could I be a better staff officer? Could I be a better communicator to make sure my intent is understood down to subordinates, to those adjacents that I need help with, and then to my seniors so they understand where I'm getting at and what support I need from them, and I'm also achieving the objectives they give me. So that's kind of a full-time job. The other piece is, is that the idea about collective, individual and collective skill, uh, you know, as we mentioned, we use the, the, the placeholder of tonight's company night live fire. We're going to shoot javelin missiles. We're going to shoot, we're going to throw grenades, shoot rockets, machine guns. We have robotic targets we fight against. I mean, it is, it's high end and, and, and challenging. So I have to understand, you know, the personalities of, of, the, of the, the leaders involved. Did I set them up for success? It's going to be a hot night tonight. Do we have the right uh, condition set so we can safe and effectively train to that apex level? Okay, then I go down to the individual, you know, the equipment that the Marines are carrying. Is it the right equipment? Have I advocated for what they need? You know, um, do we have the right night vision devices? Are we using them properly? Um, do I know the kit well enough to, uh, to be able to, again, uh, understand how it should be employed so I can give some feedback and do that kind of coaching, mentoring, and learning every time I'm out there. Eric, that is a continual process. And, and I come home at night sometimes, I'm like, yeah, I had some, I came up short today a couple uh, a couple things. I need to kind of get back tomorrow and get at it, whether it's a, that, again, in tactical staff level, whether it's a collective skill level and leadership connection with the subordinate commanders, or is it my own tactical, technical level that I didn't understand that piece of kit and how that fits into the whole scheme? Um, it is it is honestly like a journey. It's like a ship that departs port and we never come back into port because the learning is continuous. And I, and I found, Eric, and I, uh, it's remarkable as a division commander, I learn, I'm learning more every single day. Um, and, uh, and it leaves you kind of feeling like you're not getting there, but what, you got, what do you got to do? You have to forge ahead. And, and find, I mean, find a Lance Corporal that is the expert on that latest piece of kit on that machine gun and lay down next to him, like, tell me about your machine gun. And of course, they'll go overboard and show you, but, but you, you, you're in the mud, you're, you're, you're having that conversation, you're learning, and then you take that back and like, okay, if we can do that, that Lance Corporal can do that. Couldn't we do this and increase our lethality and competency? And you got to be down to the lower levels to see that. And, uh, and so, so I think, you know, long, long-winded answer, Eric, is that, um, uh, it's it's exciting to learn every day, um, but you realize uh, that you, you you can do so much more, and you have to you know use your time wisely because you can't do it all. But what can I affect at those different levels we talked about? You mentioned one. I'm going to lay down in the dirt next mm. to the lance corporal. It requires humility, mm. right? It, it's second. General Donovan, you mentioned when I, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I heard was when I get home at night, I, I self-reflect and say, I may have missed it on this one or or uh, good, but not great, could, could do better. There's that self-reflection. There's the personal accountability. I think so often when people hear the word accountability, they think 
between teammates when in fact, first and foremost, as you just mentioned, the first thing I have to do is say, where am I at? Where did I miss the boat? The, the personal accountability piece. After you do that, as a major general, as a, as a commanding general of the 2nd Marine Division, you mentioned, well, my superiors. Well, true General Donovan, but you don't have a lot of them at this point in your career. When we served together, we had a lot of people yeah. ahead of us, right? So after that self-reflection piece, do you use somebody or someone that you can uh, have a relationship with to, to provide feedback to you in an open and honest way? It's, it's a great question. And, and, and Eric, you probably know what I'm going to say because because of your background. You know, I am fortunate to serve with Sergeant Major Dan Krause, the, the second Marine Division Sergeant Major. We also have um, obviously a Navy Command Master Chief. So two E9s that are my right and left hand man. Um, uh, I, I turn to them all the time because they, they're usually with me. Right. And, and, and they have the ability with their experience base to look and share the same experience. So if I'm laying down talking machine gunners, they're probably doing the same thing, but over somewhere else, right? And then we come back and we, hey, what do we think? What do we feel? What decisions do we have to make and, and changes we have to make, which is always the hard thing when you gotta make that change. But but so so the, the division sergeant major, division command mass chief, um, that's the travel team. That's the, the enclosed team that I, I gotta bounce ideas off of and, and, and they kind of help self-correct me uh, on and, and vector me in the right direction. I think then you have um, the, the reality is you also have um, I even go to subordinate commanders and, and it is tough at the top because you don't have many folks you can turn to. But I will, uh, you know, my 06 level, our 06 level commanders, I'll share ideas with them, kind of get a feedback once we develop a relationship at certain levels. That, that's a, another resource, um, you know, and then and, and then, you know, because of uh, my family connections, I have I have a, a brother that's also a com, you know commanding in the Navy right now. And the naval special warfare, Eric, we probably talk twice a day, okay? Because we say, "What do you think? What do you think?" So I have I have a family connection. You know, I've got a brother-in-law that's a Navy two-star admiral. I got a brother-in-law that's a Navy doctor. You know, I have family lateral connections that are also sounding boards to kind of, "Hey, what do you think? What are you facing?" And uh, and that's been very helpful. Um, and I'll tell you, at, at the end though, I've got my wife, and 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 my wife is 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 probably if I stacked everyone up there. Kim is at the top of the list because she is she can um, she can find a great way to kind of put me back in the box. If I'm feeling a little bit too puffed up, like, hey, this, that and the other. She's like, yeah, take the garbage out. And so, OK, I'll go take the garbage out. So so the, the humility piece. But but Kim being a former naval officer herself, uh, being a uh, uh, absolutely engaged in this career together with me, uh, is probably my top sounding board. You know, and again, I come home and I often. I talk all day long, you know, with, the, with everyone in the division. I'm not a good communicator when I get home sometimes, but she'll, she'll sit and listen and then we'll pause and we'll talk. And a couple minutes later, she'll throw out something like, well, what, what did you mean by that? Or what do you think about that? And right away, you're like, yeah, that's one of the things that didn't do well today. And she just picked up on it. You know, so 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 out of that. I have found, Eric, as they get older, you know, um, and, and you have less of the peer kind of relationships like we had as fellow platoon commanders, fellow company commanders, even fellow battalion commanders. That starts to kind of get less. And you have to look for some of those other venues that you can get a little bit of a reality check. Uh, maybe it's a humility check. Uh, maybe it's a shot of adrenaline um, um, or it's a bit of accountability. Like, 
was that good? Was that the best today? And the answer might not always be yes. And so, so I think I, I turn to those. And, and again, I, I, between Kim and the Sergeant Major and Command Master Chief, that's that core group. And then my brother Tom, you know, and my brother John, both of them, you know, with all their military experience, we uh, we, we we talk quite a bit. And I and I've I've found Eric over time as a good old. I need more of that than I did when I was younger. Because I, I can take the I can take the fight on myself, right? I can I can carry the way the, the world on my shoulders, right? Um, now I'm realizing there's there's a lot of folks that can help carry that load, and uh, and I need to you know provide the opportunities for folks to provide that feedback because I need it. Most importantly, please tell my man Tom Donovan, Admiral Tom Donovan. Now, not uh, yet, not yet, not yet. Captain? He should, He's still captain. His change captain. of command is uh, at a Deb Groot is, is next for, next Thursday. Tell my man, Captain Tom Donovan, I said hello. I will. Yeah. Also, also one of the best and the brightest, as you know, yeah. General from yeah. the United States Naval Academy, of course. Uh, <laughs> General Donovan, you know, I think there's a misconception because of too many bad military movies that. Yeah. Uh, Hey, everybody hates the officer, the, the platoon commander, but boy, we all love the platoon sergeant. Like that's standard in the military. And, I'm, and I always try to correct people and say, you know, if that were the case, really, that unit wouldn't be that bad, really, because everybody would at least be following one guy. I mean, it's not optimal, but eh, they're all there. But what actually happens in bad units is, there's an officer and enlisted men and half the guys follow the officer half the guys follow the other guy and nothing gets accomplished people get injured or worse right and it's very interesting because the best units that officer and senior enlisted at whatever rank it might be right whether you're an infantry platoon commander whether you're a force recon platoon commander commanding general of the second marine division the commandant very interesting that you mentioned first and foremost your relationship with the division sergeant major the division command master chief that if if when those are working well boy it doesn't guarantee success but i'll tell you what it, it certainly helps us get there Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can get that direct feedback and, 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 and they, you know, those times when we close the door and we have conversations, you know, and the door comes open and we're united, you know, it sounds, it sounds kind of trite or, you know, but that, those are, that's very real. And, 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 and sometimes you can sit, you can sit in a, in a, in a meeting and I can look over Sergeant Major and it gives that look. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. And, you know, you know, tone back a little bit or, or, or pick up the pace a little bit. And, and, but, but it's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship too. Right. And uh, because right. we're, we're both learning from each other and, 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 we're, and we're leveraging each other, in this case, with the command mastery, the triad, it's, it's a wonderful piece. But, yeah, the, the, you know, that, that, that image of, of that disunity and it's out there in certain units. Um, and it's our responsibility, I think, as, as in, in most cases, the senior leader to set conditions to create the responsibility or that relationship. It's not going to happen automatically. And you don't all have to be everyone's in love with each other and everyone's hugging because that's not real either. You got to have mutual respect, and you and you have to be willing to you know let the hubris drop a little bit to say okay that's not how I do it and that's not my but what 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 am I hearing from you okay that makes sense you know got it let's let's go in that direction clean and so I'm very fortunate and honestly Eric I'll tell you um, 
and this isn't an advertisement for the Marine Corps, but but uh, there has been many times in this, and I've been very so fortunate to command, get to command a lot. It's been it's been a, a wonderful, incredible experience. I've had incredible right hand men that that are true. You know, true partners, in, in, but not in this emotional kind of over the top way, but just professionals, just as dedicated to getting the job done, creating the environment and, and, and moving out. And that might have been a gunny Tom, you know, that we, I would have had back at First Force, right? Mm -hmm. All the way through to a Sergeant Major Dan Krause, incredible professionals that 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 you feel are, are co-equals and are willing to share the load. Now, you know, I'm responsible. I, I take I take responsibility as a commission officer. That's that's understood. Um, but others that are willing to carry the yoke and, and, and so the unit is better for that. Um, it's a, it's a great situation. I've been, I've been blessed to have those, those relationships. That's right. It's, 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 you're, those right hand men and women, I mean, with the units that we've served in, it's been right hand Absolutely. men, but it's, it's right hand men and women that, who, who, yes, because you are the senior officer, you are the one who is a hundred percent responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen. But these warriors are fighting you for it no i'm the one who's 100 responsible right and because both people want and do take 100 percent responsibility boy those units they they flourish absolutely the, absolutely when i was uh another name that i know general donovan is very familiar with when myself and at the time second lieutenant doug zembeck we're at infantry officers course together. Um, middle of the winter in Quantico, Virginia. We've been in the field at that time. I think uh, infantry officers course was 12 weeks long. At that time, I think we spent 11 of those weeks in the field. And right toward the end of it, uh, the our staff said, all right, hey, get some stuff together and build a fire. And immediately we thought, oh boy, what? what's going on here like this this is new we haven't experienced this before right and general al gray former commandant of the marine corps for our audience who may not be familiar uh came and spoke to us and we had a fireside chat and he spoke for a few minutes and then said what are your questions and it's been you know, 25, 26 years now. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. It had that type of impact on me. General Donovan, General Gray at the time said, I get asked often, General, how do you become a general? And he said, Marines, meaning second lieutenants. You know, they're becoming a general there's some politics involved with with it so instead of me answering that question let me instead answer the question of how can you become successful in this hmm. marine corps whether you serve four years or 34 years like me and the reason why i want to answer it is because if you can do this it's going to make you successful in our marine corps but if you can do it, if it's four years and then you choose to do something else in life, it will make you successful in life. And General Gray said, do these two things. Number one, never forget that our job is to accomplish the mission, whatever it may be. 
Number two, never forget that your job is to always take care of your Marines. And he stopped General Donovan and he said, I know that sounds pretty easy. I guarantee you, some of you won't do it. Hmm. It'll turn into what's my fitness report like? How do I look to my chain of command? But I don't know, I can't say for sure, and I don't know for sure if it's any of you. But based on my experiences, the possibility exists. But do these two things, and it will make you a success. Accomplish the mission. And when I say General Donovan, today, almost 30 years later, almost 30 years later, or do those two things make someone a general? Do those two things make someone a success in the Marine Corps or in life? Is there something you would add to that? Um, no, because I mean, I can't imagine uh, anyone could say it better than General Gray to start with. Um, but, but I think those are two truths that cannot be challenged in many ways. Now, I think, you know, that is the ultimate balance that, that a lot of leaders, um, officers, staff, NCOs, NCOs, you know, uh, Marines and sailors really have to figure out because it, it is a balance at times because what, 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 what do each of those things mean? What does, you know, mission accomplishment mean and what does taking care of Marines mean? And those, those, that's the definitions of those in your head is what challenges a lot of leaders. But, but I think we, we make them overly complicated at times, but I think they still are very, very valid. Um, I have picked up over time, Eric, and one, if anyone asks me what it takes to, 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 to become a general, I'm the worst guy to ask that because I am, I am, I am the guy that, you know, how many other force recon platoon commanders make general? Okay. I mean, so, so the, the point is, the point is I, I've taken a path that has, has, I've done the jobs the Marine Corps asked me to do. And I try to do the best I can. I do those two very things and you just got to let it roll because you cannot, there's so many things you can't control. Right. And, and if you're doing those two things, it's not that you're going to get noticed because you're doing those two things. You're doing those two things because that's what, that's what, you know, we were put on earth to do as Marine leaders to do those two things. Um, and so if it all falls in place and you make the next board, next rank, and you happen to have the right job at the right time, it might all plan out, but come on now. We're picking, we're picking less, you know, eight or nine geos, general officers here in the Marine Corps at the top of that pyramid. You don't think about it. You just keep plugging away. And I think what happens, Eric, is that people start realizing if you're worried about your fit rep or your master brief sheet or being recognized, those things can consume you and your, your performance drops off because the reality is your units won't perform well because your Marines know and your sailors know you're not in it for them. Now, when I say it, you're in it for them, I'm not coddling a single individual. I'm not looking to make, you know, taking care of Marines doesn't mean we, we kind of have, I think, Eric, confused the term troop welfare almost in the last 10 to 15, 20 years of, of some of our experience. Um, society, General. Society, society has, society has yeah. too. And, and, and part yeah. of it has been Parents our heavy. Have. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we've inherited some of that. But again, we're the Marine Corps. And we, we said, hey, when you join us, these are the expectations. We kind of have allowed the kind of seven in, seven out in Iraq, Iraq and Afghanistan rotations and the term combat to really to really impact us that when we're home, we're not doing the basics of, of, of uh, troop 
welfare, good order and discipline, some of that stuff have kind of drifted away under the guise of troop welfare. Leave, leave the boys and girls alone when they're home. It's their time. Well, we ended up, we let, we let a lot of the genie out of the bottle. And, and we're now kind of putting it back in that the foundation of good order and discipline is really tied to the idea of taking care of Marines. You know, taking care of Marines isn't get, letting everybody out every day at 1400 you know, two o'clock in the afternoon to go do what they want to do. No, it is hard, good, challenging, effective training that that brings us to the level. But when, when it's time to stand down, you stand down and you clean up and you cut them loose, let them have some fun, get back into it and, and move out. That's kind of true 12, well, troop welfare and take care of Marines. The best way, Eric, I can take care of Marines is bring as many home from the deployment as I can, which means we trained hard, we're effective, so we get into combat action or getting a contingency, we're performing at that apex level. If we're not, um, then I've failed somewhere along the lines, right? So that's how I accomplish a mission. So those two are intertwined. We know that, and you can't approach them in two different ways, and they still are the core of what we do. But they do confuse people because, you know, I want to, you know, I really want to make sure I'm I'm doing both and I'm being recognized. You can't do that. You just got to focus on I'm here i got to achieve the mission, and I can't achieve the mission without the Marines and sailors. So how do I move the two together? And I've found every single time, Eric, without a doubt, if the Marines and sailors know the why to what we're doing, right? This is important. We're going this deployment. This is what we're prepping for. It's going to be long days in the field. But, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to stick to schedule, make sure you can commit to your family and friends. You can have time off here. They will go all in and make that train effective, do the prep make the sacrifices, you hold up, you're in the bargain, give them the time off they need, you prep, go on deployment, a very highly efficient war machine. You know, it all works. And it's one statement. It's not two statements. People struggle when they try to make them two statements. I don't know if that helps, Eric, but that's, I think they're Mm -hmm. still solid today. And I I really think about that every single day, but I, I I will finish again to restate, taking care of Marines is not cutting the Marines and sailors a break. That's not what we're talking about. And I think we've confused that a little bit over time. And, and, and they're looking for us to push them. They're looking for us to take care of them, looking for us to hold them accountable. Uh, and they want to be led, though, by leaders that know what they're doing, that are effective, um, that can synchronize war funding functions at the edge of the empire. And, and that's our job. And that's how we mesh those two things together. General Donovan, you mentioned earlier about the relationship with your right hand man, how important it is. And I don't want to put... Um, I don't want to project onto you, so I'll just say for myself that while serving in Force Recon, I saw the question always is, hey, who's better, Force Recon or the SEALs? And I'm always quick to say, oh, my God, we had some horrible Force Recon platoons. And guess what? So do the SEALs. Is And, and we have great ones, and so do they. And, it's, and uh, you know, so I, I highlight that. <laughs> One of the biggest reasons I felt if I saw what I believe to be a bad force reconnaissance platoon or when working with the SEALs, a bad SEAL platoon or bad Air Force PJ unit, whatever it might be, was leaders trying to be friends with their Marines. And my platoon sergeant, gunnery sergeant Tom DeWitt, at Force Recon, pulled me aside on day one. I basically checked in, gave my first speech to my Force Recon platoon, to 5th platoon, and now I'm having an individual meeting with my platoon sergeant. And he and I are just in brief. And he said, sir, if I could, please let me give you this one piece of advice. 
these guys, they got enough friends. They want a leader. Please don't ever forget that here. That has stayed, people talk to me all the time about, hey, what, what did you learn in the Marine Corps? What officers had an impact on you? What, and there certainly are, are some of them of which you are one of them, sir. But, oh my God, the, what I have learned from those, from my Marines, I take with me to this day, maybe none more than that piece right there as a leader. They don't need more. My kids, my children, they don't need me to be a friend. They got friends. They need me to be a dad. That, and that's true in my business life. That that was, and, and I tried to do it. I, I'm not sure if I did it well, but I mean, that's what I tried to do in my Marine Corps career. And hearing you speak is an embodiment of what Gunnery Sergeant DeWitt said 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Hey, that's a not surprising. I, I always thought Gunny DeWitt was it was a high end, a high end leader. You know that that saw that, especially coming to force. I remember he came um, from the infantry a little bit later too, so he had some of that built in. But you know, Eric, you know back then we also had force platoon sergeants and all. I had had a lot of success in the drill field. They, you know they were they were you know they were pretty pretty tight individuals, and they saw that, and they saw the fact that for them them to have success, just like just like here in Second Mardiv, for the for the Marines and sailors need to look up and see a leader that can has credibility to go to the next higher level, to get the mission, right? To, 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 to sell, to get the mission, knowing that we can achieve that objective. They got to be competent. They got to be fit. They got to be, you know, have, have the confidence to be able to speak about their capabilities to make sure they get, because every Marine and sailor wants to get in a fight, right? We all want the missions. We want to be the main effort. We want to be the lead in and, and they need leaders that can, that can sell and, and, and be part of the higher conversation to get the missions. Um, and, but the only way that leader can do that is to truly know the capabilities of his unit. Cause that's where it gets mismatched. You can have a leader who's like, my team can do this and they're great, all perfect. That's not true. We all have the ups and downs and we have our thirds and, 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 and how we as leaders manage that is, is key. But I think going back to your, your, your core point, if you look at units that struggle with, uh, with leadership and, and, or struggle in general, tactically, technically, it's amazing, Eric, after all this time, the impact a leader can have. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. If you want to make change, make change. Don't sit around and wait for six months and think about it. If you see something wrong, get on it and make change. It's not going to get better. And the longer you spend observing a problem, the longer you're, you're, you're accepting and supporting that problem. So whether it's you know, a leadership piece on, on one of your, the teams that you coach uh, or here in the military, hey, get in there. You're a leader for a reason. Make change. And don't be and don't be afraid of change. Now, don't whipsaw people around. You know, think about your plan, lock in on it, and drive it, and 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 and, and then take feedback along the way. And that's what the Marines and our sailors kind of do respect. It, it, you, you got a plan, you take an input, but you are sticking to it. Throttle's going up, azimuth is on true north, and you just step off. That's what they need to see. And I think that's part of you know taking care of Marines and, and accomplishing mission. And, and it's remarkable if I look across the Second Marine Division in the incredible battalion commanders and regimental commanders we have, the impact of them as leaders, when they take that guide on, when take, they take the colors and they step off, Eric, it, it, the change is remarkable. And so, uh, so that's, that, that's kind of tied to that central, central theme is that you, know, you have good units and bad units. Um, I tend to believe we have more, more good than bad um, um, because we get to this level 
there's the selection processes and boards and all that. And they tend to kind of weed out the folks that struggle. But um, it's great when you see a team come together and move out on azimuth and just start crushing it. It's exciting. To do so, you, you, you touched on a little bit earlier, General Donovan, about to do that, effective communication is key. I mean, mission critical, right? Like as important as our weapons and ammunition are, is, is our ability to effectively communicate at whatever level you are uh, in the chain of command. Can you talk about what effective communication means to you? What are some things that you do to ensure that you and your subordinate commanders are all effectively communicating up and down the chain of command? Eric, it's a, it's a great question. I think I'm sure you've heard the quote before. I think about a lot. It's 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 not about command relationships. It's about relationships amongst commanders. That's really what the, what leadership is about at this level. Because you know we have technical means to communicate. I mean, we can we can do a, a VTC. I can send you a, you know a message on a tech chat or I can satcom phone call whatever it is. Still, the most effective means of communication is face-to-face, kneecap-to-kneecap communication to get that feel. And I think it's especially um, in, 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 in our training cycles, right? When we're working up for deployment, I'm getting a unit out the door. The more time you spend together, because later on when it comes to when we have to distribute and have to kick the force out, my decision-making process about who can go the furthest from me, right, and take on the hardest missions is about the relationship I've developed with them. How do they take my way of communicating? And that's one of those things, the self-improvement thing I, I think about all the time. Um, am I being an effective communicator? Do they understand my intent? And the best way to do that in my mind is not through email and not through tech chat. That all can come if we have to depend on it. But can I still go to your location, go to the point of friction, go to the main effort, have the face-to-face calm, get to the next terrain feature behind you and get close and understand. Get, give me the feel. What's happening? That is still incredibly important. I mean, you'll get a big kick out of this. Right now in the division, uh, I don't take briefs with PowerPoint slides. I don't need PowerPoint slides. You know, I want to, I want an info paper. If we're going to do a brief, it's an info paper. Tell me what your high point, and then let's talk about it. You know, what, 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 what decision you get at? Talk to me about it. And I think that's something that we're even uh, factoring into our, our war games and our exercises. You know, there's no PowerPoint going from the division down to the regiments and battalions. Absolutely not. It is recycling within our, and there's no set battle rhythm of a, a bub and a cub at zero nine, and t- we don't do that. We we talk about main effort in the fight, and then the relationship develop and, and pivot off the main effort. How do we communicate best with them? But it's all about hearing that commander's voice, a commander I know. What what's going on? What are you thinking? Good to go. All right, that's the that's that's the direction. That's the shift. Here's my guidance. Let's move out. You can only do that if you have a true relationship with your subordinate commanders. That takes time. And so we look for opportunities in training to kind of step away from the IT solutions and kind of bring back to the map board, huddle over the map board, the hood of the vehicle, make the plan. Even when we have time, let's still let's spend time face-to-face communications because that's the, the primer for when we have to move into rapid tempo operations where I'm not going to be able to get to see you face-to-face, but I know you. And I know that I'm going to give you a mission that you and your element can handle. And then and you know that I've, I'm, I'm standing back a train feature way or might be a continent away 
just lead blocking as best I can over your shoulder. And that's a, that's a trust relationship that now that is is junior to senior, it's vertical and it's, and it's horizontal that we have, we focus on. And Eric, I've found in the year in the division, the more I can do this in person, the better we are. And, and, and that's sometimes counterintuitive because we all want to do use the IT solutions. Yeah, they're there, but I, I can come back to it, you know, I, I, but I'd rather do this. And we're really pushing on that. And that's what about focusing on the relationships among commanders, vertical and horizontal, uh, not just command relationships, a line and block, uh, you know, chart on a, on a diagram. And that's that's how we're looking at that. Reminds me of Navy Cross recipient Colonel John Ripley speaking to, at the time, Lieutenant uh, Doug Zembeck and Lieutenant Eric Kapitulik and saying, men, you're going to have your own experiences in the Marine Corps. And you're going to, a lot of things you're going to have to figure out on your own. He said, but boy, if I could, if I could highlight one piece to you, something to, I hope you never forget is leadership is a contact sport. <laughs> and now, yes, we have all of these uh, technological, if you want to use the word advances, you, you're free to do so, of how we can uh, better interact with each other. But as you're saying, as Colonel Ripley had said so, so many years ago, don't ever forget leadership is a contact sport, is let's sit here together, yep. face to face, and have this conversation. Now, on that note, um, those hard conversations, the challenging conversations you need to have with peers, with subordinate commanders, with, with people who work with you, for you, I would say, General Donovan, that as an organization at the program, outside of, hey, how do you build better teammates? How do you build better team leaders? That, Other than those questions, I would say the number one question we get is, hey, how can I build a culture of accountability? Hmm. So, General Donovan, how can we build a, how do you build a culture of accountability? It's a great question. You know, the, um, the accountability, you know, in, in, in the military, since we have, you know, good order and discipline and we have our whole, um, you know, military justice process that supports, you know, accountability. That's not how you build account. And people think that, that, hey, you say, I say you do. And it's, it's black and white. No, it's, it's not that way. It, it, the reality is you still got to build accountability, but accountability comes through, you know, through trust. Right. And, 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 and trust again, horizontal, vertical kind of thing about trust, um, not just everyone trusts me because I'm the boss. No, I, I, you got to trust me because I'm in the game with you. I, you know, I got to trust you that you'll execute the intent. But but again, then you got to trust me that I'll listen to your input. I mean, it's, it's that constant contact sport, you know, that leadership's tied to here. But I think to, to actually have accountability in a unit, it goes back to kind of the, 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 the idea of that. How do you actually communicate with each other, especially communicate the tougher topics? the harder subjects, right? That, that, that it's easy not to talk about. I'd rather just, hey, prep for my deployment. Do I really want to think about X, Y, and Z? No, I need you to think about X, Y, and Z because A, B, and C are easy. Tactics, doctrine, equipment, you know, getting out the door. Well, I'm also going to talk about your maintenance. You know, I'm going to talk about your admin. I'm going to talk about, you know, uh, your TAD budget. I'm also going to talk about the hard things. Um, 
you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment, you know, uh, fair and equal treatment of all Marines and sailors. And all those things are, are, it has to be social injustice earlier, right? General, I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but we had talked about that earlier, right? As, as one of those tough ones. Yeah, please go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to. No, Eric, it's, I'm glad you did because no topic can be too hard because this, this is about humans. I mean, you know, our, our, you know, the Marine Corps, what I love about the Marine Corps and our Navy Marine Corps team, I say Marine, I'm thinking about our Marines, our docs, and our chaps, you know, our doctors and chaplains that serve with us. But the, the Navy Marine Corps team, especially in our, in our Marine Corps organizations with our Navy uh, brothers and sisters, you know, it is such a human capital based environment, a personal, you know, based environment that if we can't have conversations and we can't take everyone's view into consideration, we're going to struggle as a unit and as an organization. I got to respect everyone's approach because at the end of the day, good or indiscipline, we're all going to line up and go. I mean, that's just what we do. And that's the beauty of the Marine Corps is that, hey, again, the door comes open. We had a fist fight behind the door inside the own family. Door comes open and we get at it. Um, but but we should have the ability to have hard conversations because if you have a hard conversation, you listen to other, other people's opinions and thoughts, don't always agree, right? And we stay, again, apolitical right in the center because we focus on, you know, good order and discipline as our foundation. We can have really tough conversations and hear people, you know, we come from all damn walks of life. One of the strengths of the Marine Corps is we recruit 40,000 Marines east of, 20,000 Marines east of Mississippi, 20,000 Marines west of Mississippi every single year, okay? Every single year. You talk about diversity and diversity of ideas and cultures. I think it's one of the strengths of the Marine Corps. We're like a melting pot. And I think it's fantastic. And so, so the idea is you, you become a U.S. Marine. Boot camp, you get your eagle up and anchor, you are a U.S. Marine. You finish OCS, you are a U.S. Marine. That's our foundation. I, I'm not interested in anyone's external opinions beyond that. That's the foundation of good order and discipline. So, but I'm okay with talking about where you came from, how you're different, you have different ideas, trying to ensure that amongst, and so how do we set that tone to have accountability in the division? What we try to do is we're willing to have amongst the commanders. And what we do, Eric, is, is we bring in the, the commanding officers at the 06 level. Then our independent battalion commanders come in. That's the command groups and their sergeant majors, their senior enlists are with them. And we'll have tough discussions. Hey, what about this? What about suicide? What about drug use? What about sexual assault, sexual harassment? We, we look at some of our investigations, redact them and talk about them. Like we got to talk about this because often when you talk about the hard issues, Usually someone has done something that has drawn attention. I try not to focus on the X because the X is usually black and white as far as someone did something wrong. I'm going to hold them accountable. Usually, Eric, we got to talk about the environment, the conditions in which that bad action took place. Mm. I'll, get, I'll take care of the actions. I want to take, hey, why did that take place? We as leaders, we as collective leaders allowed an, an potentially negative environment to take place. And that's where accountability falls short. Someone is not holding people accountable at a certain level. So let's address the reasons. Let's address the environment. Some of these bad things are happening. And, uh, and then, then we can solve the, the real problem. Usually the root cause of the problem is not necessarily one bad actor. It's an environment that was allowed. And what we found is that you, you, you come out of the, bulls, the, the bullseye, one ring out, and you realize other leaders weren't doing what they needed to do. I got to hold them accountable. And then once we hold the external ring accountable, we tend to get at some of the harder problems we have. But to hold folks accountable, you got to have trust, vertical, and horizontal to have the hard discussions. So we are addressing issues head on and we're not avoiding them because I'm uncomfortable. Honestly, you got to be uncomfortable with some of these discussions. You, you have to be because we're different. We're the melting pot. 
So we're not all going to be the same. We're the same because we're all Marines, period. And that's our core glue that holds us together. But it also it gives us flexibility to kind of talk and be, be comfortable with some of these tougher issues. And I think that's how you develop trust, vertical and horizontal. And that's how you then develop a, a true unit that's accountable for its actions. And that's how we kind of trying to address it here in the second Marine division. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because as you're, as you're talking general, it, it makes me think of that. What you're saying is, yeah, we formalize accountability. We say we're all getting together and we're going to debrief this incident or time period, or uh, I'm not misspeaking here. Am I like, or, or operation, right? We're going to do a hot wash on, on what, yeah. Right. But we're formalizing it. And in this formalization, formal accountability piece, we're going to have some very direct, transparent, open, honest feedback both ways here. Um, it's unique, though, because what when people typically think of accountability, they think, OK, somebody did something wrong and now I'm going to address that. Now, somebody else does something wrong. I'm going to address that. Now, somebody does. You get the point. Yep. And what you're saying is, well, yeah, you could. I mean, in theory, you can do that. But that's you're going to be doing that continuously at, it, you know, ad nauseum. Instead, let's make sure that we do a good job of being proactive in our accountability. Before other things may, may go wrong, let's start addressing it so that the environment that those issues occurred in we do the, as good a job as we can in addressing that, correct? Yes, I think that's the way you, that's the way you, you, you get at the culture, right? And, and what's accepted and, and start setting the tone that, that again, yeah, you're right, I can whack them all, all day long. I, I, you know, we can do non-judicial proceedings and court marshals all day long, um, but we'll just continue doing it for a whole command tour. So you, you gotta step back and like, hey, as a collective group of leaders, that, that leadership group I talked about, how can we all address this? And then and then and then take a look and not the, sh the glove and shoe doesn't always fit in every unit because every unit is, is a little bit different on different track paths based on their leadership teams, leadership experience, the site life cycle their unit are in are all different. So you can't have these generic and this will solve this problem. That's not real. You, you, you got to You got to be willing to have individual tough discussions about individual events. And what you do see, again, once you start kind of pulling apart a little bit. Um, everyone wants to walk away and solve the problem. Mm, held you accountable. Let's move on to something else. You go, oh, well, slow down. Again, why did it happen? Let's, let's expand the ring. And then, and then let's hold those accountable that allowed that to happen. Once you start doing that, I think then the periphery, the, the, the junior Marines and sailors are like, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, they solved the problem of a, of a bad actor. Got that. But they also tried to address why is this happening? And honestly, the accountability comes up. What conditions, Eric, did I set? Right. What, what did I miss? What, what did I say that gave the wrong impression and someone executed on a path they thought I'd hear my communication? So it goes back to accountability. This is not top down. This is not top down. Uh, it's maybe top down driven to have the discussions. But I got to accept the bottom up. Hey, boss, you know, you said this and we moved out and now you've changed your mind. You're shifted here. Hey, OK, I, I, I've got to make sure I'm tracking and I gave good guidance. And so so it's, it, it, there are venues and these aren't easy and you can't have real discussions. And I'm not saying we're great at it. But it's something you got to work at all the time. And uh, but, but you got to set a venue that there is some give and take and, and you can look at accountability again uh, vertically and horizontally. But you cannot turn a blind eye to something out there. You got to dig. 
And it's not just dig down in the hole that, that it's happened. You got to dig horizontally to figure out why it happened. And, that, and that's where we end up trying to really trying to have true impact to get at culture, which culture ties to accountability. General Donovan, final point on accountability, and then a final question for you. When we hear accountability, having sat in on those tough discussions, the, the, the formalized debriefs, I think one of the pieces that a lot of people miss is that, yes, we are highlighting, hey, what went wrong? And what, what is my piece in it? What was your piece in it? What did you do wrong? This is what I need you to do better. However, a piece here that we always highlight to leaders, though, is, hey, accountability need not be always negative. In fact, people are meeting and exceeding the standards a lot. As a leader, make sure, as a teammate, make sure that you're looking for that and that you're recognizing it, too. Can you speak yeah, to that? Eric. Great. It's a, I'm glad you brought it up because that when you get accountability, you're right. You start to get dark and negative because you can't think of it. You can't help but pull off of that. We're always, you know, solving these problems. Honestly, and that those hard looks and this has been a fast, fascinating, not surprising. But, you know, I look at some of the issues that we've faced in the division. Um, Eric, I am fine. A lot of Marines and sailors doing all kinds of great stuff uh, in the sense that. And when you get into some of the tougher issues that we face, you know, um, issues with suicide and, and, and things that are the real issues out there impact us. When we unpackage those things, it is remarkable how hard our Marines and sailors are working to take care of each other. I mean, it's could we always do it better? Yes. Are we going to miss something? We might along the way. But um, I read some of these, these cases I'm like that is remarkable what what those Marines and sailors were doing to look out after the Marine that's struggling or sailor that's struggling. It is amazing. So I think General Paxton, you know, one of our famous Marine four stars and, a, and an incredible mentor um, uh, of mine. And he's like, Frank, always make sure you're always looking for Marines that are doing the good things, you know, because they actually are and, and much more than we give credit because it's easy to talk and highlight the bad things because they get they get our interest and in, 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 in kind of that that 10 percent that always spends a lot of our time on it. Um, but when you see them working hard and actually um, uh, having impact. And then when you have one of those sessions and you pull apart a, a tough situation, you're like, wait a minute. But then the outer ring, actually, there were some folks doing some really good things here. How can I share that with other units now that, hey, did you see what they were doing? That was that was good. That was a good lesson learned to share across the division or across the force. And uh, and and that's one of the positive aspects when you're willing to kind of step back, let the guard down a little bit. Right. And have a tough discussion. It's not always negative. And, and actually, um, you walk away with that, that trust built amongst leaders and you walk away with your kit bag with a couple extra things in it. Like, Hmm, that might work in my unit. That might work. I can be better if I learn something from that event. And, uh, and it's been very rewarding. So I'm glad you brought it up because we get to, we cycle in darkness sometimes on accountability topic. And actually there's some great lessons learned and, and, and things to share TTPs or all the way up to just best practices and, and common sense stuff that we can share across the force. General Donovan, final question for you. I, with individuals, men and women who I don't see maybe for a number of years, when, when I know I'm going to reconnect with them, I'm, I'm always kind of, I wonder how they've aged. I'm, uh, I wonder what, and more often than not, unfortunately, I'm thinking, oof, they got to make some changes here, some lifestyle <laughs> changes. To, to say the least, when I knew that we were going to reconnect today, there was absolutely no question in my mind uh, 
general, you look good. There, there, there was not going to be any doubt in my mind about that, though. I know that physical fitness, being fit, is important to you, as important today as it is to you, although in a very different uh, role with many different responsibilities than when we served together at Force Recon. But I know that as important as it was then to you, I know it's equally important to you now. Can you speak about the importance of physical, to, to wrap up today, can you speak about the importance of physical fitness and overall health to you as a leader? Eric, uh, thanks. And again, I, you know, that coming from you, you know, I think the ultimate fit human uh, as far as Eric Capitulic, but the, uh, and, I, and I appreciate those comments and thoughts, but um, Eric, I, I could not, I, I could not survive in the Marine Corps or probably in life if I didn't dedicate the time to physical fitness. Physical fitness is tied to mental fitness. Physical endurance is tied to mental endurance, but the, but you, what you hit on is, is important. Back when we were captains and or majors, you know, we could go all day, go all night, no, no problem, because because you can do that at, at 20s, into your 30s, and even as a battalion commander in my 40s, you know, uh, you still can get 300 PFT is the given, right? I mean, for those in your audience, you know, that's the top level score. score. I just did get a 297 in July, and I was embarrassed in, in June for that one, so I'm, I came out three points short. But the uh, but the point is that Not we can, it bothers you, I see. It does bother me, and uh, um, so the uh, <laughs> no. but um, but as as so as you get older, though, you realize that you have to be very careful as, as you get older and you can't just rebound as quickly and, and take information and go all night and all day. And and then on the social side, you know how you eat, what you're drinking, you know, um, what kind of rest you're getting all start to compound. So my, my, my thought is when I talk to those you know officers and staff and CEOs that are starting to hit the mid 40s, as I talk to my, my younger brothers, the other about the other side of 50 you got to start thinking and be smarter about your fitness because you just can't, you know, the days of a three hour PT session. One, I don't have three hours or longer to do a PT session. I would love to. Um, and, and if you give me a chance, I would. Uh, but so how can you be efficient with your time to be smart about your eating, to make sure you're not drinking too much alcohol and all that? Because those things will catch up to you and become distractors from your primary focus of being as sharp as you can for your family. You know, and, and, and I look at, you know, the F's in life, my faith, my family, my fitness and my friends. And that's that's my, my four F's. That's that's you know, that support my 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 response of being a Marine Marine Corps officer. Um, but those things are all tied together and, and fitness itself, physical fitness. Um, you cannot give up on it because that is what is sharpening the, the, the knife every single day. And the minute you let that blade go dull, as I get older, it's very hard to get sharp again. So can I afford to be on day three of an operation not as sharp as on day one? Well, no, I'm not going to be as sharp, but got to be pretty close to being sharp. So I still think mm -hmm. myself, Eric, now, you know, at 55 years old, you know, that um, I'm not going to be the best at everything physical fitness wise. I still can be one of the best and I'm still going to push for that. You know, and injuries and all those things is just get but the, just getting old is not no excuse. I can eat better. I can get the right sleep. I can drink less. I can do. I can. I can think life through better, and to set myself up for better success for again family and the Marines and sailors. But it, it is. It's not something that's a given like it was in the 30s and 40s. It's something you got to work at and you got to think through. And, uh, and 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 you gotta. You know, I, I think about you know, Kim and I talk about it. I almost need to always put some kind of competition on the horizon somewhere. I got to feel that 
that that that the gravel in my guts turning when I'm hey I'm going to put myself on the line you know at some point is it an ultra marathon still or is it a is it an endurance race or you know, the PFT or CFT but besides that I got to have something on the horizon that I'm working for because I want to challenge myself and I think that's how we uh, that's how not only we stay young we stay fit but that's how you follow up and do those two things General Gray talked about I can't do those things if I don't have a physical fitness foundation. And no amount of caffeine or energy drinks or all the things we throw in there, pretending it's real, will make up the difference of just getting at it, paying the man, and 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 being as fit as you can for your family and, and the task at hand. So so it's still there, Eric. I'm you know I'm nowhere close to you, but uh, I fight it every day, and uh, and, uh, and 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 you got to keep the edge sharp. Well, I see no better place to to end a uh, a conversation with a compliment at to to me so so uh great great place to great place to end so we can leave our audiences with that but general donovan the program in this podcast mission is to help develop better leaders and create more cohesive teams help develop great teammates and great team leaders general donovan i've had some amazing guests on i'm not sure if I've had one who can speak and has spoken so directly and given us so much and so many actionable items to make us great teammates and great team leaders. And thank you so much for doing so today. Eric, th thank you for that, for that statement. And, and thanks for this engagement opportunity. One, it's, it's great seeing you and uh, I'm very proud of what you've achieved and, and, and the reputation of the program is very strong. And uh, in any way I can help, I'm, I'm always available. But I, I will close out by saying, you know, just, uh, you know, the honor, the honor to still be around today, still in the fight, commanding the second division. It is incredible, you know, and uh, and I think back to our conversations 20 plus years ago, you know, we, um, you know, whatever was ahead of us then, I think we're both in good positions. But I, I will tell you just, you know, for American taxpayers might be listening out there, you have an incredible Marine Corps. We're doing a lot of great things. We're changing fundamentally, but the core is still the same. You know, this is this is your 911 force. This is the force that can go anywhere and get the job done. And, and it's an honor just to be here and to be part of it and to serve alongside these incredible Marines and sailors and their leaders at the different levels. So so with that, Eric, thank you for your time today and, and look forward to engaging maybe at some time in the future. For our listeners. Our book, The Program, Lessons from Elite Military Units for Creating and Sustaining High-Performance Leaders and Teams, can be found at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. To sign up to receive our monthly letter on leadership or to learn more about the program and our leadership development and team building services for your own team, go to theprogram.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theprogram.org and on Facebook at the program org or at we do one more and on LinkedIn at the program LLC. Finally, if you have enjoyed today's program podcast, please leave a review of it on whatever platform you have accessed it from. Thank you and attack. <laughs>